From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 361, for the week of October 23rd, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell. I'm joined by Todd Reagan, Executive Director of the Walt Disney Birthplace. Todd, welcome to the Diz Unplugged. Well, hey, howdy, hey. And, you know, for those of you who play the Disney social media field, you recognize Todd from the Mice Chat podcast. That's right. So we're going to talk about the Walt Disney Birthplace and what's going on back there. Can you catch us up a little bit before we talk about some of the new stuff going on? Sure, absolutely. Uh, last year, about this time, mm-hmm. uh, Dina Benedin and Brent Young of Super 78 Studios, a production company in Los Angeles that makes theme park attractions, oh, nice. uh, they, okay. they heard that the home that Walt Disney had been born in in Chicago, Illinois, was for sale and that it was uh, not in great condition and probably ripe for being torn down and turned into an apartment building. And Brent was from Chicago. He grew up in Chicago. And knowing that he wouldn't even have a theme park industry to build attractions for if it hadn't been for Walt Disney, he thought, well, that's that's unacceptable. I'm going to buy this house. And uh, they flew back to Chicago, and they bought the home. And then they had to figure out what they were going to do with it right, exactly. <laughs> because they live in Los Angeles yeah. and they're, they're very busy. Uh, so they started a Kickstarter campaign last year right around Walt's birthday, which was December 5th. Mm-hmm. And that campaign ran through early January. And they were trying to raise half a million dollars to restore the home and build a museum and tell Walt's story. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Kickstarter fell short. And although well over $100,000 was pledged with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. So if you don't meet your goal, you get nothing. Right, and right. that's what happened. They got nothing. But they funneled their own private money into the project and started doing the historical analysis portion of the project. So they were working with ex-imagineers and uh, theme park designers mm-hmm. to help uh, determine what the museum would look like, what could be done with the house. They had a historic architect go into the house and start pulling out the drywall, not the original drywall that would have been in the home, but things that have been added on over right. the years to the house. And uh, they discovered all sorts of neat things. And, you know, the house is old. It was built in 1893 wow. by Walt's dad, Elias. Mm-hmm. But here's the amazing thing. It was actually designed by Walt's mom, Flora. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, you think about how progressive Walt Disney was. You know, he hired Floyd Norman, black animator, and he hired Mary Blair and Alice Davis as, as Imagineers. They were both women. And, you know, <laughs> his mom he, was an architect. <laughs> his, yeah. Where did all this come from? Well, he lived in a very egalitarian house. Yeah. I mean, his mom helped design the house. His father built it with his own two hands. And the, the whole Disney family lived there. Seven Disney family members in what we think was a two-bedroom house at the time. And that's a lot of people in a very, very Mm -hmm. tiny home. So they were poor. And uh, somehow, Walt and his brother Roy, they break through and they become legends known the world over. I mean, even today, you go anywhere around the world and you mention the name Walt Disney and people know 
who Walt Disney was or what Walt Disney is. And that's saying something. That's amazing. Uh, and that's really what this house represents. It's the ultimate American dream story mm-hmm. that you can be born into, you know, a hardworking, you know, but poor family and still become a famous person and achieve phenomenal success. Right. Unfortunately for the house, it has not had much success over the years. <laughs> uh, it has been bought and sold many times. Each time more indignities were done to it. Uh, it was added on to and then added on to again, and then due to some sort of a strange sewage backup in Chicago, the entire neighborhood was lifted, so the home had to be jacked up a couple of feet and then bricks wow. put in. Um, and so, you know, it it doesn't really look like it would have looked when Walt was born. And what we're hoping to do is really pull back all the layers of the onion mm-hmm. And get back to how the house would have looked like in 1901 when Walt was born. So we're not going all the way back to 1893, but we're kind of going back to Walt's right. start that into place, 1901. That place in yeah, yeah, and and it's a good. You when you do a historic restoration, you just have to pick a time period and mm-hmm. go with it, and that's what we're doing. Uh, so to make all of that happen. We've been relying on the kindness of Dina and Brent and hoping that their business continues to do well so that they can continue the restorations. Um, and at some point a couple of months ago, they decided they, they needed help and they needed somebody to really spearhead the project, work with the architects, uh, start the nonprofit to run the whole thing. Um, so they wouldn't do this as private individuals. We would right. do it as a nonprofit. So the house can continue forever, independent mm-hmm. of any uh, individual. And they started reaching out to find who would be right for this project. And several people recommended me, and they tried to talk me into it. And <laughs> I wasn't interested at first because I was a very successful businessman. I've always worked in the telecom industry. I was a senior executive at a company. And they pitched the project to me, and as a Disney fan, I was just thrilled to hear they were doing it. And um, I suggested several things I could do to help them for free. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'll do events for you. I'll help publicize. You know, I'll Twitter and Facebook for you whenever you need. And at the end of dinner, they said, no, we're not going to take no for an answer. We really want you to come on board as the executive director. And I told them I would think about it and spoke to them the next morning and uh, against better judgment, I said yes. And here I am (laughs) now uh, in the middle of a major restoration of a historic landmark and I'm, you know, launching the nonprofit. We're running a soda company, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. Uh, and we're doing a million events, uh, all to save Walt's birthplace. Somewhere up there, I hope Walt is smiling because <laughs> an awful lot of work is being done by a lot of people to save his home. <laughs> so, was it uh, yesterday you announced something new? We did. Uh, we're doing something really cool. And since the Kickstarter didn't uh, achieve its goals, <laughs> nice way to say it, uh, back in February... We've launched a a new campaign, and it's not going to be through Kickstarter. It'll be through a site that's similar to Kickstarter, but it's only for nonprofits, and it's called Start Some Good. Nice. And our campaign is startsomegood.com slash WDB for Walt Disney Birthplace. 
And uh, we've broken the project up. Instead of going for half a million dollars for the entire grand scope of what we want to mm-hmm. do, we've broken it down into the little tiny phases that we're going yeah. to accomplish as we yeah. go along. So folks can fund the individual parts of the project, and they'll know exactly what their money is going towards. Right. So it's a really great way to really tell a story in a way. So this is phase one, and we are restoring the exterior of the home. And this is really to preserve and protect the exterior. Because the wood was put onto the home by Elias Disney in 1893. So this is a very old structure. And it had been protected for many, many years by metal siding. Well, last year when Dean and Brent bought the home, they removed the metal siding so they could see, you know, what was under there. And unfortunately, winters in Chicago are brutal. So they removed the the siding just as one of the worst winters in Chicago history hit the city. So that old wood was exposed for an entire winter to the elements. And this summer has been good, not too bad, not too rainy. Um, So we're fine. But we have got to get the wood sealed and protected. We've got to get the house painted they had torn windows out and put new windows in and moved windows and doors over the years in the house. The other part of this piece I'd like to do, as long as we're preserving the siding, we need to put the windows back to where they originally were mm-hmm. right now before we fix everything, then fix the siding, and then paint so that the home will be protected for the winter to come. And, you know, I don't want that house to go through another winter yeah, exposed. Yeah. So that's what this first phase of the project is, and we're calling it Start Some Good. And we need to raise about $50,000, which is much more reasonable goal than $500,000. I think Small everyone goals. can agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And some of the things that we're allowing people to do so they can get involved is you can sponsor a window. And if you pay for one of the windows in the home, we'll put a brass plaque on the inside of the windowsill so for throughout history, you'll be known as a person who helped preserve the house. And in fact, you bought that window. So you're now part of the Disney story. And I think that's neat. In fact, we did an event last night at Walt's favorite restaurant, which is the Tam O'Shanter in Los Feliz in, in Los Angeles. And at the event, uh, we announced that one of the Disney family members had actually purchased a window And I challenged the folks in the room to see if anyone else wanted to put their name on a window. And we had three more people buy windows at the event, including, this is so awesome, I get the chills thinking about it, Alice Davis, legendary Imagineer and wife of Mark Davis, uh, she bought a window. So it's the Mark and Alice Davis window at the Disney birthplace. How cool is that? That's, That's nice. Nice. And, you know, for folks who can't afford a window, the windows cost $2,500 a piece for us to have custom built. They're Victorian Mm -hmm. restoration type windows, so they're all custom made. Uh, So $2,500 is really expensive. And we've got now four of them. No, (laughs) you you don't get those off-the-shelf turn-of-the-century windows anymore. Uh, But, uh, you know, we've got a great team of architects and builders behind the project, and the, the workmanship that they're putting into this house is just outstanding, but it doesn't come cheap. Right. And for the folks who cannot afford to buy a window, we have paver stones that go uh, along the path leading up to the front porch, and those are very affordable. They're $125, and you know every bit helps. Right. Uh, we're taking direct donations. We have T-shirts. We have artwork. A lot of Disney artists have donated art. 
uh, recreations of the house as it would have looked like at the turn of the century, recreations of the house as it would look in the future, um, you know, pictures of Victorian things. You know, it's a very inspiring project that sparks the creativity because it's literally the birthplace of dreams. Mm-hmm. You think about what Walt was responsible for, and if it hadn't been for Walt Disney, would we have theme parks today? We might have in some way, but he was really the inventor of the modern theme park and the really polished theme park. Would we have an animation industry? Absolutely. There was already animation by the time Walt was born, but Walt made animation polished just like he did with the theme parks and brought the fluidity and the innovation to it so when you think about animation and the theme park industries both of them kind of owe their modern roots to walt disney and all of that started right there in that little home in hermosa in chicago and we're counting on the entire fan community to make this project their own and all of us need to play our part in making this happen Excellent. What's what's the long term goal for the house? A museum or just? Well, it's growing, and okay. uh, as all good theme park companies do, <laughs> when they have an idea. You have a kernel of an idea, then you start talking. To yeah. What's, what's the blue sky idea? Blue sky. So I'm going to give you the blue sky, which actually looks like it's going to happen. And I think this is the first time I've spoken about this in public. But uh, the current thinking is that the little house is just too small to adequately tell its own story. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to shoehorn a museum into the house, we're going to restore the house back to the way it might have looked on the inside. There are no pictures. Um, There are a few accounts from Roy Disney about various things. And we will, as close as we can, recreate the interiors to look like a house would have looked like at the turn of the century in 1901. But we'll have a visitor center nearby in Logan Mm -hmm. Square or somewhere else in Chicago that's not very far in a building that's of the same age uh, where we can have a museum and a soda fountain and an interactive theater and a little store and a desk where you can reserve your tour Mm -hmm. to the house. And a bus will pick you up and take you to the house, and you'll get your tour, and then you'll come back. So we'll really be able to tell the Disney story. And it's not just about Disney. I mean, it's really about also Chicago at the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. It's about the creation of innovation and creativity. Uh, Where did that come from? You know, Walt didn't just, he wasn't born in a vacuum. There was something about that Disney family that helped Walt achieve this creative ideal because at the time people were very poor you wouldn't think automatically oh i'll become an artist right that had to come from somewhere and we will explore all of that in our new visitor center and museum and chicago is a town filled with art and creativity and museums for those of you who've been to chicago there are numerous fantastic fantastic museums in the city but one of their most famous residents ever. And in fact, many of the folks we've spoken to in the city say Walt Disney is the most famous person who was ever born in the city. Uh, he's gone completely uh, unnoticed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There is no dedication to Walt. There's no, obviously nothing's ever been done with the house. There are no museums to him. And really the only thing that's ever been done for Walt in the city is the D23, Disney's official fan club, has right. an exhibit right now in the city at one of the museums. Uh, but it's just their short term. So we want to fill that void and mm-hmm. give Chicago 
a really great representation of its native son, Walt Disney. You know, if you ask people today, where was Walt born? They usually say one of two things. They either say Marceline, Missouri, because Marceline has done a great job of promoting the fact right. that Walt lived there. They call right. Walt Disney's boyhood home. Um, but he wasn't born there. He was born in Chicago. Then they moved to Marceline. And then he actually ended back up in Chicago and went to high school in Chicago. So he spent much more time in Chicago than he ever did in Marceline. And yet Chicago has never claimed him as a native son. Right. And we'll, we'll change all of that. Nice. <laughs> now, so you were talking about soda, uh, a soda company or something? Yeah, this is the crazy part of the story. Okay. So bear- I, I, I knew something was coming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild, and I had no idea when I was coming on board as the executive director that I would also be running a soda company. But it, <laughs> it works, and, it, and here's how I pitch it. So Walt's dad, uh, you know, he was struggling to make ends meet and take care of his family and bring in an income. And around the turn of the century, soda companies were really starting to take off and make a lot of money. You think about Coke and Pepsi and their origins there, um, you know, in the 1800s and all the money that was being created out of these new beverages. And there's a reason. It was also the time of the temperance movement. And Uh the temperance movement was trying to prevent people from drinking alcohol. And Walt's dad was one of those teetotalers who did not want people drinking alcohol. He was fighting for prohibition. And soda was the drink that they were hoping people would start drinking instead of alcohol. So when you talk about soft drinks, that means not a hard drink or a hard liquor drink. The soft drink. So Elias Disney started working with this company called Ozell, and he was investing in the company, and we're pretty sure he thought he was going to make his fortune on Ozell, bought a lot of <laughs> shares of the company. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Ozell did not work out. Um, he lost everything on Ozell. It practically bankrupted Elias. But when we found out about this, we actually did an event um, earlier in the year And a gentleman came to the event and brought us these stock certificates, one for Elias and one for Flora from Ozell. We started doing all this research and realized that, you know, they had lost everything on Ozell, but Ozell itself was defunct. Mm -hmm. And this was an opportunity for us to tell another piece of the Disney story and possibly make some money to help restore the birthplace. So we own now all the rights to Ozell <laughs> and we're making the sodas that they made in the Victorian way. So no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial colors, no artificial flavoring, <laughs> no preservatives. It's just fizzy water with Hawaiian cane sugar and natural flavorings. Nice. And at the moment we have two flavors. We have a root beer and we have a vanilla dream and they're amazing. They taste light and they're delicious and they're really unlike anything you've ever tasted because we don't have natural sodas anymore. Right, right. And it's really incredible. I think people will love them. Well, I have two exciting surprises coming up for folks, and I'm going to spill the beans. I've been working with a professional flavorist. He's internationally known, and he is helping us put together Elias's Cherry Elixir. <laughs> and it is so rich and delicious and all natural, but... It will give you pep 
and an extra kick in your step because it also is fortified with B vitamins to give you a kick. And that's where the elixir comes in because it was also the age of like snake oil salesmen and people like that. We kind of want to play on that. So we're letting the Elias character um, come out and we're doing um, a line of elixirs that'll really they're just sodas and we we've got a little something extra in each one to to make them fun and be able to call them elixirs but we're also doing a pineapple whip and that's of course an homage to uh to disneyland and a famous ice cream treat there that's all i'm saying without getting sued um so that's the Ozell story you can find Ozell online at o-z-e-l-l.com and we've got some merchandise and the sodas, and I'll just warn people now: the soda is delicious, and you definitely have to try it. But s- soda is expensive to make and to ship, and we're made in glass bottles because they didn't have the tin cans back uh-huh. then. So um, it's exactly like you would have found in a Victorian soda. So the soda itself isn't all that expensive, but shipping it is more right. expensive than right. the soda. <laughs> so when you buy it, it's not cheap, but people are buying it and it's flying off the shelves and we're constantly running out and having to make more but people are buying it for special things like birthday parties and weddings we've shipped out cases and cases and cases to multiple weddings recently so i think people want something unique and that's tied to the disney story in a way and no one's ever had and it's fantastic stuff it's the best you can get so it's if you must drink soda, <laughs> you know, a lot of sugar in it. If you must drink soda, drink a natural one, and yeah. Ozel is the one yeah. to, to drink. So right now, just available online? Only available online. Okay. It should be in some stores and restaurants shortly. And uh, we've recently inked a distribution deal, deal, so we should be in some interesting places very right. soon, and I'll be able to tell more about that once it's official. Nice. Need me a Ozel baseball, baseball cap. If anyone out there has a uh, store or restaurant and they're looking forward to uh, having a unique product, contact me, uh, Todd, at the Walt Disney Birthplace, and I will uh, be happy to get them some Ozell to sell. Nice. (laughs) What are we missing? Did did we cover everything, Todd? Um, Alice Davis gave us the greatest tribute, and she said, you know, this isn't something we should do. This is something we must do. And, you know, they're not teaching the arts in school anymore. And once this house is complete, it will also be the center for early childhood creativity and innovation. That's actually something we didn't talk about is the nonprofit. Um, So when the house is done, it serves as the home base for this nonprofit that's going to teach the arts to kids. Nice. The house needs to be more than just a famous old house. Right. It's it's really got to stand for something. For it to have a future of its own, it needs to for something and if we take the disney story and the fact that you know walt was born into uh, poverty and made good and, and you know he created his own destiny and we can take that story to kids then we're helping other young people possibly become the next generation's mm-hmm. walt disney Mm-hmm. And to do that, we started a nonprofit. It's called the Center for Early Childhood Creativity and Innovation, SESI. It will be based out of the house. It will provide arts and creativity um, kind of inspiration and classes and, 
and workshops for kids nationwide. We'll start right there in Hermosa next to the birthplace, and we're working with a number of local charities to do that. But we will take this nationwide, and there are a number of Disney artists and animators and Imagineers who are going to help craft little programs for kids. And, you know, each one of these programs is something that could happen in a day or a lesson for these kids, something they can take home, um, the parents can get involved with them, and we'll have a lot of these little lessons. And we'll teach some of them, and we'll also share them with schools and community groups and nonprofits around the country. So Walt's story can continue to live on. And in fact, um, SESI is a 501c3 nonprofit, and SESI is now the entity that's also restoring the home. So when you make a major donation to the Walt Disney Birthplace, it is tax deductible uh, because SESI, the 501c3, is doing the restorations. So Ceci, it's it's a really it's a great way to tie in the Disney story and have the Disney story continue to live. It's not just history, mm-hmm. it's now about taking those lessons and making them live. It's just fantastic. Awesome. So let's review we got the the online the online fundraising going on right now. You wanna give us that address again? Yes, it's called Start Some Good. So go just simply go to startsomegood.com slash WDB for Walt Disney Birthplace. Okay, and I'll make sure we put a and, link in our show notes page for that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And folks can see on there, there's all sorts of levels, you know, from $10 all the way up to like a $40,000 option if you want to finance the entire Phase 1 restoration. And we'll put your name on a plaque right in front of the house saying that exterior restorations made possible by, you know, your name or your company's name. Um, and that would certainly be an amazing thing if somebody wants to do that. So definitely stop by and see us at startsomegood.com slash WDB for that piece of the project, and you can help make uh, the dream a reality. Have you been back to see it yet? I have, and I almost hate to tell this story. I was so excited to come on board as executive director Mm -hmm. and seen all the concept art and have been following, you know, the things that the architects are pulling out of the house and writing the checks and working with the contractors. And I finally got to go, and it was at the beginning of September. September 1st, I arrived. And first thing I did was drive from the airport straight to the house. Mm -hmm. Never been there in person. And my heart sunk. It was so depressing. Hmm. Because I get there and the siding has been removed and you know all this old wood is exposed and you see all the scars on the house from where windows had been moved right. and boards are missing and the house just looks like looks derelict, you know, like there's nobody living there. A ghost house. And weeds were growing in the front and it just it was it was beyond sad. It was um it really shook my confidence. Mm-hmm. And then I started meeting with these people in Chicago, the city historian, uh, Tim Samuelson, who's just f- this phenomenal Willy Wonka kind of guy who has an office in the attic of the most historic building in downtown Chicago. And he's got all these restoration pieces. And he sat me down and he said, you know, that house is equivalent to the Abraham Lincoln log cabin. It is so important to this city and to telling the story. And he said, you know, all these old historic places, if they're not maintained, they look bad. And, you know, you've 
exposed its core, its roots. Mm-hmm. That's just like the heart, you know, with the skin and the rib cage pulled open. And it's your job to make sure that that house is restored back to the way it would have looked. And it was an adorable little quaint house in Hermosa. And it gave me some confidence. And I met with so many people in the store. And everybody was so excited about what we were doing. And I called a guy to come out and mow the weeds and pull them out and plant some rose bushes along the fence and talk to the contractors about speeding up the process for getting the house painted so we can at least make it look a little nicer. And now it's all coming together. And by December 5th of this year, so just talking about, you know, a month away, really, uh, the bulk of the exterior work will be done. At least the essential stuff, like mm-hmm. the siding, the windows, and the paint. And then in the spring, we'll do the, a second the round. Of <laughs> yeah, we've got to hurry because yeah. once it starts icing over, you yeah. know, it really slows things down. But uh, then in the spring, we'll do a second round, and this is really the beautification round. Mm-hmm. We'll put the front porch back on the house because it's been lost to history. So the front porch will come back, which will make the house look so much better. We'll put in a cute picket fence around the house, and then we'll landscape trees sod flowers we're hoping to get a nice statue um, of the disney kids playing and it will feel like a landmark nice we won't have touched the inside the expensive part is truly the interior is where the money will have to be spent but at least we can have it looking on the outside so Mm -hmm. that when people drive by they don't get that sickening feeling like i got when i went and you realize oh that's history and look at what's happened to it and by this winter, it will look good. And by summer, it will look great. Excellent. I hope you'll come back and give us an up- update as, as, things, as things progress. I would love to. And, you know, I've got to thank you so much for having me on because it's really through, you know, you and people like you that this story gets out. It's not big news story. We're not going to get national coverage on this. It's really the fans, the mm-hmm. people who love Walt, appreciate what he did and what he created. It's up to us to make this happen, and it's through your show that we'll get this done. Well, and, and, the, and the, I the, thank you. the great thing about about the Disney community is they know when to pull together. Yep, and this is a good time to do it. Yeah. And um, regardless of what sites you read or what theme parks you love, or if you're a Disneyland or a Disney World person. It, this house speaks to you because none of that would be there if it weren't for Walt Disney being born in that little house. And now's our chance for all of us to actually be part of Walt's history because we can actually save his birthplace. And it stands for something wonderful and it will continue to help kids for generations to come. So it will be a historic place that you can appreciate for its history it will be a place that helps create its own history and all of you can be a part of that history excellent thank you todd i appreciate you stopping in and talking with me yeah absolutely i look forward to chatting with you again and thank you to everybody who's listening excellent that is going to do it for this segment of the Diz unplugged be sure to catch all of our other disneyland shows this week and of course we'll be back again with you next week until then remember Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.